Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal fans out there. The best way to start your Saturday. Thank you for joining us on this fine Saturday morning. We are broadcasting live from Palm Beach, sunny South, sunny Palm Beach in South Florida. I'm here with my trusted cohorts, as I am every week, the KMA crew. My man, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, and the man they call the goat. Why, we are not really sure. Alex Tavella. <laughs> Whatever. At this, point, at this point, it's too late. Who knows? It is what Has it the is. Has the title been in question? No, but it is what it is, and we're stuck with it. We don't know we, why, and I don't know yeah, why. I, don't know I, I, I totally believe it was a Matt Hartzell thing. It is a Matt Hartzell thing. Matt yeah, Hartzell he, started, he, he started it. it. And stuck, and we're stuck with it, and whatever. I don't even if it doesn't mean anything. Because, it is because it you is. know, Alex was totally going to deny that name, that nickname, right? Yeah. Once again, well, uh, it's a good great, nickname to have. Yeah, I mean, uh, more, but uh, it's a hard nick. You know, a couple fuck ups. Oh, the goat. It's not. It's not. I'm sure. I'm sure. Every time you make a mistake, you know, he's yeah. like, "What kind of yeah. goat are you?" Every time I don't make a mistake, and you know, he still puts it on me. Yeah. There's no room for fuckery the if you're going to walk around. Way, yeah, yeah, there's no room for fuckery if you're going to walk around with a name right. called the goat. No, it's fucked up, man. It's a hard life. A lot of Listen, pressure. it's probably the only nickname that 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 creates an anti-goat, right? He actually right. has a nemesis, right. got, a virtual nemesis. Who are you know anti-groupies? I feel like that's Sokka's fault, though. What? Is that bad of me to say? I think Sokka created the anti-goat. No, nah. that was around before the Sokka War. Was right it? Before. That was Sokka okay. shot on the. You know his five seconds of fame. He really I did. Vince, though, actually, we I like, we, uh, I like Vince. You know, people don't realize we actually like Vince, or I actually like Vince. We actually like Alan Rubin, even though he's annoying, but he's are annoying. He you was know. just here. He was. I, he I was. We had a cake. Him. I was sick. I came in just to give him his cake because you know he's annoying, but he's are annoying. You know what I'm saying? He's family. <laughs> yeah, he's like family. a nuisance little brother. Like you, you know, you can't say shit about him, but I'll. <laughs> I've I've met him a couple times. He's a really nice guy, actually. Well, nice. Paul, He's before your day when we used to do KMA live here, and Alan worked here in South Florida, Alan was an every Saturday regular to watch KMA live right. here in the, in the studio. Right. Every oh, really? Saturday. He actually yes. showed up. Yeah, he's oh, every wow. Saturday. He every later. Saturday. Good for him. Every Saturday. So yeah. Um, no, it, it's funny, and I think we need to. You know that 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 for me is a historical moment. We need to title that the Great Soccer War of 2020. Should do another one. You can't make that shit up. It just has to happen. I don't know. I'm a wartime consigliere. Oh no, you you know, dude, you you're just a war consigliere. Not war. You mean fucking. The second he hears war, he gets excited. Alex wants to go to war. Alex is scorched earth, man. He really is. There's, There's, you know, you gotta you gotta rein him in a little bit. What happened to you? You you're such an angry man sometimes. Listen, we were talking about this. I was actually on the phone 
um, with Ronnie Haysha from uh, Secreto Cigar Bar. And, yeah. um, you know, Alex's Same wife person. works in, in my in my office here. So we were talking about Alex because Alex got a little upset this week and really wanted to scorch earth. And, you know, and I was telling Ryan, I'm like, man, you just like Alex, man. You just got to chill out. It's not that big of a deal. And, and, and somehow I started talking about Alex. I said, you know, Alex didn't even like you when he met you. I'm like, oh, Ronnie's a good guy. He's like, ah, fuck that guy or whatever. And, <laughs> wait, and Marissa goes, no, his baseline start is hate. And then you have yes. to work your way up. A hundred percent. No, especially Ronnie. I wanted to fight Ronnie the first time I met he him. Did. He did. Which really is how did. I know that me and Ronnie are from the same cloth and now why we get along. Because the first time I met him, I really, I actually left the shop. I was so aggravated. I wanted to fight him. He really was. He really yeah. was. I'm like, dude, and I love him. Now I love him. He called Ronnie FaceTimes with my kid. And, and, you know, yeah, I wanted to fight him the first time I ever met him. He's, he's a, listen, I'll, I'll give you with Ronnie. He's an acquired taste, but he's a great, great guy. But in the beginning, he comes off as a bit much. Because you want to know why? He comes off the way he comes off, whether you know him or not. You know, right? I guess that makes sense. It's not yeah. like you got to get to know him and then say, "Oh, okay, yeah." No, he comes off the first time he meets you. He's Ronnie Hasha, so this is just how he is. Yeah, if you don't understand it, you're like, "Oh, what a dick." <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. That's what happened to me. I was in, ter- I mean, furious. Who the fuck is I, this guy? I, My Napoleon complex kicks in. Who's this guy think he is? How how long yeah, have two, you worked for listen, Abe? Two short guy, two short guys with a temper. It really was funny. I was gonna say, yeah. How long have you worked for Abe, Alex? Four years, uh, three years, well, four years, four years. I remember the first day I met you. I think I may have even said to Abe, like, I don't know what I said to this guy, but he does not like me. Like, I got that vibe from you the first day I met you, and now. You know, about three, four years into knowing you, I feel like uh, we're becoming buddies a little bit. Yeah, we're no, buds. You're no, you're not. No, we're buds. <laughs> we're buds. Yesterday, you I don't know remember. How I know, you know how I know we're we've turned a corner. Yesterday, you turned me down the invitation to go have a cigar. Is that how? I did. I did. <laughs> That's Jerk true. Off. Well, yesterday when I came, in, he came up to me, he came huh? up to me and said hello. Me? He would never have done that before. We fucking sat here last week making commercials together. I thought that was a. I know that was a turning point for us. Yeah, it pulled. I just ruined it. I ruined it. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, and he denied me. Uh, Come on, you're right. You want to go? I'm going back to the shop. You want to go back to the shop and watch Abe on Doja? No, I gotta go home. I promise. You have to call his wife if you want to make plans. Listen, I've been out with Paul. I think once or twice, maybe three times. We've been out. You know, his families. You have to just call to go to his wife. Hey, Steph, can Paul come out and play today? He was out. He can. Okay. He was out. Well, he probably had, she probably gave him a timeline. You know, yeah, he was home. in hot water anyway. So. She didn't. She wanted me to stay. Actually, when I was on ninety five coming home, she's like, "Why are you coming back now? I'm putting the kids to bed." But I had promised to be home for bedtime. But uh, and you anyway. already missed bedtime, and you still went home. Well, I was halfway home at this dude. I live so far now. It's it's un- I for like I don't know. I knew that we were moving a little bit further west, but man, it's like a drive. It's like forty minutes everywhere now. If it, if it makes you feel any better, eventually you become numb to that. I know, but I I did that with where we live, where I lived, right by you, and now this is an extra 10, 15 minutes. It really changes everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, you get used to it because you got to remember we lived for sixteen years. We lived right off of US one. Right, so you so were right there. You were in the you. heart of everything, you know, in Jupiter. And then when we moved to Wellington, we felt like we moved to another state. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's like, where the fuck is this place? I remember when they were showing us Wellington, I'm like, who the fuck's living out here? But you get used to it. And then you feel like you're the center of the universe again. 
Wes, I have a man card. I have, look, I have a, an office. It's mine. This is my space in here. In this space, I have a man card. So what's funny is I think last night I saw Paul work the hardest he ever worked. That's not true. I Listen, I when I get into a zone with stuff like that, I that's why I offered to help because I what, I probably made 60 boxes in an hour. Yeah. But I that kind of stuff I'm really – I like to like – when you guys had the music pump in, like even Brandy said to me when you left to go do Dojo, she's like, that music was really getting me going. We need some more music in here. That's, that's what, what I said. Doing. That's why yeah. I said when I came in. You got to play the right music when you're doing that kind of work. Absolutely, because it helps you get in the zone and just just go. But when I do that kind of work, especially like you know, we had like a little assembly line going. I I'm I'm good at like just banging out those tasks one after another. I like there's, doing that. There's about 14 people there this morning. There's a Is whole there? crew. Yeah, Harry's daughter yeah. showed up with like 10 of her friends. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Nice. So well, it's perfect. If the, you know, I told Italy, I said you got to watch them. Right. <laughs> like like listen, literally, I had my two oldest daughter. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about. Our long-anticipated advent calendars finally finally landed, and if you haven't heard this story, it's so freaking ridiculous. So you know the, the boxes that our advent calendars uh, uh, come in. You'll see them in the commercials if you haven't seen it by now. They've been off the coast of Long Island. They were supposed to come to Miami. They stupidly sent it to Long Island. It sat out in the water for months. Then it sat two weeks. Long Beach. Uh, Long Beach. It sat. It sat two weeks. Two weeks after it got unloaded, it sat two weeks waiting for an appointment for somebody to open uh. up the container. So. We literally, I literally, this was like on my duties every day, um, either me or Marissa to call. I mean, you know, you're not going to get news 99% of the time, but you just want to be that squeaky wheel and call every day. And Monday, we got a message that, hey, there's an appointment by Tuesday. It should be on the truck and it'll take seven days to get there. So I told them, text me when you confirmed it's on the truck. I want the routing number. I want the truck number. I want a GPS that motherfucker and see the truck going across the United States. So I figure when I get the call from him, that gives me seven days. I'll start making plans. Who's going to come in at work, start recruiting people, make room. Because it wasn't just the advent calendars that came in. We had 23 pallets of ashtrays because the great smoke and the new smoking ashtrays came in. We had 5,000 connoisseur club boxes come in. Um, My God, everything at once. Oh, it was huge. So it was literally like, you know, 60 pallets of stuff. And, um, so I'm figuring, okay, by Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll get a confirmation. It'll give me until the middle of next week. The stuff just shows up in the warehouse on Thursday, which means it had to be on a truck by the following Right, Friday so this guy Thursday. didn't know. You got to deal no, with no, a different We data. haven't gotten one right piece no, of data ever in months. It was the worst project ever, the worst delivery I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, and let me just tell you something. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in the world because we get stuff from other people and they give us precise times now they may be delayed right exactly but they can right? tell you but there's everything they tell us is exactly what it is it hasn't hit the sea yet it's hit the sea you know this has been just wrong information who, the whole way who referred this new shipping company i don't want to talk about so, <laughs> so literally we start we start you know putting crap together at the last minute making room getting people recruiting friends family so my two daughters are actually were there last night with me um we got day and night shifts working and uh, they're there this morning i just dropped them off at the warehouse and i'm going there uh afterwards uh to try to get all these calendars out because we want to get them out right away i mean we're in the middle of december so hopefully people people they've already shipped some people have already got them some people will probably get them today and monday so at least you'll have half a month of real advent calendar time. So um, no, that's fine. I, people are so excited about it. You know what? 
I think the the one great thing about smoking customers is they completely like they they get it. And I've seen a lot of posts about it and people like being very understanding that it was out of your hands. It's pretty cool. Um, what's cool too is look, I mean, everybody's kind of come together to help make it happen, put it work. I mean, everybody, employees have been coming in on their days off to help out, even if it's for a few hours. Um, but what's nice is like, I'm very proud of this calendar. I think it's a packaging piece of art, right? And it looks great. But when you work it, Right, because now, now I'm there and I'm assembling these things, remember, and I'm saying to myself, "Oh, this is such a fuck up. We should have done it like this. We could have made it ten times easier." So, like, I was just talking with Alex this morning. We already have like three or four ideas, and some really cool, like it's, that even is going to take this calendar to a whole new level next year. But that's because I'm in the pit and I'm doing the stuff that I could see. Oh, this was made like we could have designed this so much better and differently. So. We're already working on the twenty twenty. Yeah, so we're going to order next year's calendars next week. Monday, Monday. I got appointment Monday. You have to. Yeah. No, I got appointment Monday because what you don't realize is it it, it never comes right on the first variation. And we started early enough last year. We started in September the year before, and we had the final one. We had the final one done and approved by um, uh, end of June. Right, which yeah. really took longer than normal, but by the end of June, so it was like a thirty-day production time, which puts it at the end of July, and usually it's another thirty or forty days before it gets here. It wasn't a problem, but we still got screwed. But we'll, we'll get it right, twenty twenty-two, promise. Um, that being said, what else is going on? Great smoke stuff is has been underway. The first mini TGS event was this Wednesday, um, and these cigars have been landing everywhere. Yes. So, you know, I mean, look, the Aganor Salif Anabisario is, is, you know, a limited annual release and is always highly sought after. But I'm telling you, these Maduros in this Perfecto shape, gorgeous. They're just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. yeah. They are pretty. They are pretty. You know what? I, I, I didn't get to smoke one. They came while I was out of town, but Terrence was nice. No, you know what? I, I can't smoke one. Because... <laughs> Well, because I have this ready for the, today's guest, so I'm, that's I can't. That's, I just got to save this for another time. And I, I still um, haven't tried one of these, Alex. We got to crack these open too. Oh yeah, yeah. This DTT. Is, yeah, I love is, the design. My wife saw that, and you got to see what she's making. Hold on, I can grab one. You know what's she's funny is these designs with this. What's twine funny is and stuff. I was talking to Steve Saka last night. He actually called us at the warehouse while we we're working, and I said, "Dude, I really love the packaging. Even the little extra thing, like." This red stamp he put on the twine, and he's like, he's like, eh, it's paper. <laughs> he's like, eh, it's paper. Yeah. But um, That's him. yeah, uh, we don't know if they're good. Uh, Even got the name of the bunchers and the rollers who made it and the date. It's pretty cool, man. This is a pretty wild stamp. It this is, is actually very cool packaging. But yes, this is the next one, January 29th. So so you know, last year was the first year we made some TGS releases. And it went over so well that we we asked five manufacturers to do it again this year. And we're, we're doing mini events to release them one at a time between now and the Great Smoke main event, uh, February 26th. So the next one slated. And after we finish one, we're announcing the next one and who it is. We know who it is. We're just showing the product. So this is the one that's going to go on live. It's, the sale is going to drop during the virtual event, February, December 29th, Wednesday, December 29th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Catch the mini TGS virtual show. And if you already have your TGS ticket prior to the show, you'll have access to a very special TGS store 
great smoke store where you could buy this product. And if it's still around, you can get that one. If it's still around, I think there's probably about if it's 70, still around, yeah. 70 boxes or so left. I want to show you this. This is like the style now with the twine. My wife makes these and sells them at the little art fairs here. What is it? What it's books. books, oh, books. Painted with white. I don't know, but the twine is like the the thing. What, apparently, why, I, what does this have I to have do? to tie the bows. Why are we well, because it looks like it reminds me of the t of that uh, that DTT thing. The done seriously the, the twine. I see the connection. You do? Do you really? No. All right. No. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. Sorry. Why so we, why is I don't okay all right hey listen don't complain man you missed out a lot of years of some weird segues from Adam when Adam was on the show well you know we can be talking about one thing and he'll just segue into something else completely well, where did Paul go did he disappear I don't know I don't know did you insult him did you hurt his feelings I can't imagine that that's possible uh, yeah that's what I like about Paul you really yeah, just can't yeah, hurt his feelings no matter what you tried. say yeah where he went I don't know I don't know where he went. Well, yeah, because we're going to start talking about Christmas lights. Because you know, did you see Paul's Christmas lights in the past years? I did. I, I think maybe I was think I was here. Was I? On the, yeah, I was on the show last year. So, I mean, sorry, we we had a mini emergency here, but I'm I was listening the whole time. Did Did your dog come in and take over your domain, your room? Again? No, I, oh. I when I went to put the books back, I closed the door on her paw. I didn't know she was there. She, my dog, the big dog follows me everywhere, and I didn't know she was behind me. So I closed the door to the office, and she got her paw stuck in the door, and she was screaming. So what you do? Give her a, a Percocet on top of her Xanax and Lexapro that she takes every day. <laughs> no, she's fine. She's laying here next to me. You know. All right, Abe was talking about Chris, Christmas lights. Yeah, normally you do. Oh, a yeah. big, you normally you do a big, big to do, man, and I I can't imagine you do a with big all this to moving. Do? Your Paul first, does a big to do. Like in your it, first year, your first. No, I don't think he did it this year. I don't know. I did something this year. Okay. But Abe's saying this because I was talking to his wife last night about how there's no, like, my house is two stories, but there's no, like, first roof to get up to the second roof. And I only have a 20-foot extension ladder, and it won't reach the roof. So getting up to the second roof is more difficult. And if I want to hang lights from the top, I got to, like, get up to the second roof and hang over and... I don't really have a problem with heights, but I don't know. I got two kids. I got to be somewhat cautious. I don't got a problem with heights. I got a problem with slanted roofs. So you ain't paying me to get on the roof to hang lights on the second floor. So I have pictures of both of our houses. Let's see them. All right. You want to? Who do you want to see first? No, yours. I'm the new. I'm the newbie in this category. Well, Mm. listen. I'm going to preface this with the fact way under protest. Don't worry about it, Paul. I got your back on this one. Well, hold on. So. Well, okay, that's right. We, Alex and I are on the same page. This is while moving. I put this up. No, it's good. It's all right. It's not bad. I know. I, I'm like you. I, I like that second tier lights, but yeah, yeah. I didn't get on the roof. It's and I right. have a big wreath that's oh, supposed darn. to go in the middle. And here's Abe's. So, I know your little protest because I hired somebody. Yeah, it doesn't so count. You know, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Everything on the first floor, I did. The t- the roof? No, I said no. Okay, sorry. Outside the outline of the two roofs, the first and second floors. Right. I didn't do that part. That that somebody came and helped me out, a friend of ours. But the bushes by the door, the bushes to the right of the door, all the bushes in the front, the three trees, moi. You know, I may have something to say about that because I believe your daughter told me that you may have done one set of bushes. 
No. I, I believe I, she told I, me that I, I yesterday because my Brandy daughters was were kid. inside and went to a birthday party that day. They weren't even there. I heard it was me and Ruben. Brandy why don't you ask the guy? It. Why don't you ask the guy who I hired? He'll tell you what I did. Oh wait, let me get this straight. Hold on. Would you hire Ruben? Yeah, Ruben. Listen, those front bushes the where the animals are. Four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I take it back. You see the front bushes where the animal are to the left? Yeah. They did do that, but it sucked. So I took it all off and I redid it. <laughs> they, they did do that before I got there. They, they well, listen, you gotta remember he was doing this while I was at work, and then Saturday after KMA, I went and did the whole I redid a lot of it because he laid them just on the top. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You can't see him as a car is driving by. So I took them all off the top and I did that pattern spread all over the front. So, yes, and, and you and this is the first time that I've ever really. My wife over the years has thrown up some minimal stuff, you know, because she felt for the kids. But like the kids were too young; they didn't even care, you know. But my kids now are older. My oldest was really into it; really wanted to decorate the house, so we did the whole run. We bought the crap, the blow up Santa, everything, and, and we put it out. I'm not a fan of blow ups. So Abe waits till his kids don't believe in Santa anymore to decorate for Christmas. You know, it's a great conversation. My when I was driving to the two oldest to the warehouse this morning, they were debating whether their third their sister knows yet or not. How old Ye is she? Zara's nine. She's probably right on the cusp. She's on the cusp, and, she, and and she's a little bit of my dreamer child, you know, unicorn, you know, fairies and stuff like that. So they think, but they're not sure because she's asking all the wrong right questions, like. How does Santa in our house, you know, or this year? And and why is all the gift wrap paper the same, you know, or whatever? So that's why um, I think you know, Carmine knows. I think he's just playing us. <laughs> I, I think he knows because well, he's afraid heard? if he tells you he knows, he won't get then gifts. It's anymore. no more Christmas, right? I don't know. I think he knows, right? Because they're just asking the right fucking questions, and you're like, well, you don't know, have I, he's five. He, in. he might know. You know, I he's a, your kids. Your kid's witty though. Like he's got a he's got a little bit of a. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I'm working with. It's a problem. We don't have a chimney. How's he get in? Well, he's got a yeah. master key. Yeah, but you got the slide lock on the door. How's he get past that? I'm like what the fuck. I, I don't know if I told you the story, but you know, I ruined it for Petra. My Did oldest. You? I oh yeah, I I literally out and out told her on accident. So. <laughs> Well, wait to hear the story. Oh, my story. God, what a terrible dad. Well, I felt so bad, but wait, in my defense, listen to the story. So Petra well, comes to me. Uh, perfect. Pe Petra comes to me and goes, you know, I, I know there's no real tooth fairy. So I'm like, oh, how did you figure that out? She goes, it's kind of obvious, dad. All right? First, the tooth fairy doesn't show up for two or three days, and mom makes up some baloney story that they're busy, whatever. Then all of a sudden, on the third or fourth day, I could hear mom sneaking into Zara's room, and all of a sudden, wow, the tooth fairy money shows up, you know? So she had pieced it together. I said, okay. So my immediate conversation after that goes to, all right, daddy, now you've entered a very special club. I said, you have three younger siblings, all right? Now it's part of your responsibility to ensure that you don't ruin it for them. All right. Part of growing up as a kid is, is, you know, you want them to believe that there's a real Santa Claus, Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy. And the next words out of her mouth goes, Santa Claus isn't real. And I, went, I said, are you kidding me? You figured out the Tooth Fairy. And you still thought there was a big fat man who came into our house at night. From the <laughs> I mean, bro, I ruined it for her. I felt so bad. I oh, felt so bad. That was inevitable. It was it's inevitable. That, you don't want to next the one. All that piece together. Anyway. How, old, how old was she? I can't remember. She had to be maybe like eight, seven, eight years old. Yeah, that's old. when I, I was like seven or eight. But my brother told me. 
my brother comes up to me one day. I was like coming home from school. He goes, hey, you know the Santa Claus secret yet or not? I'm like, what? He goes, Santa Claus isn't real. Just so you know, enough of this. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then I remember going to my mother and I said to her, my heart wants to believe in Santa, but my brain doesn't. <laughs> that is something that you would totally say. I see you as a child saying that to your parents. With your little she glasses brings it, she on. Brings it up, she brings it up to this day. That's funny. Well, maybe it's that time to get our guest on. See if he still believes in Santa Claus or not. <laughs> let's, let's, it's time for Meet Your Maker. All right. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to Meet Your Maker. A very dear friend of the show. It's been too long since we've had him on, and uh, he joins us now for the first time remotely from an undisclosed location, Mr. Robert Holt from Southern Draw Cigars. Robert, welcome back to the show, sir. Well, I'm honored, and good morning to everybody in the uh, good morning, brother. remote locations uh, from around the world, because I fit right in, because I'm remote as well. So um this is the first time i've done it on the remote uh the remote platform guys so uh this is new to me yeah we we, you know we uh i'll I'll never forget it was the tanya borschwitz show we were having a tanya borschwitz from corona cigar on the show for the first time and she was going to drive up from orlando and we were going to go in the studio oh no it was maybe the second show i think it was tanya was the first show we got booted out of uh we got booted out of the iheart media building huh I believe Tanya was the first show. She she may have been the second because she was she we got booted out. We had to reschedule her, and then it was Rocky that did the first actual remote. Rocky did the first remote coming back, but I think Tanya was the first guest where we had to cancel the show because they wouldn't let us in the building. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We just they said, hey, we're not letting people in the building during COVID. Uh, you know, you guys can't come in, and we, you know, unfortunately, we're never prepared for it. We never had done a remote broadcast like this, and. Ended up having to, I think what we lost about what six weeks, four weeks, four or six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Putting, trying to figure it out at home and how we were going to broadcast. And we got it up and running virtually. And, and we've kind of like mastered the art of StreamYard and we're very happy with the production quality. I, I'm not sure if we're going to go back. I, I like it. I, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm concerned. Getting... I'm concerned that if I step out of line, remotely you can't hit me in the ribs or stomp on my toe and get my so so i don't know what the code word is but you guys gotta you know give me the signal you know let me out of the bullpen i'll give you i'll give you the 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 poke oh i know you yeah right right. (laughs) the virtual poke. yeah (laughs) yeah and 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 what's nice too is it's so much easier getting guests every week because we don't have to coordinate you don't have to go anywhere right yeah when they're coming to town you know, I mean, fortunately, we were in Florida, so at some point or another, everybody's going through Miami, and you know, we were able to get people who normally aren't in Florida. But um, it just makes it so much easier to get a guest on any given week. So, kind of like the format. Let let us know what you think. Post it in the comments. If you've been watching KMA for many many years and remember the studio days, post it. Do you like it better virtually now, or do you, do you prefer the in house studio? I like the production quality of this better than than in in studio but i miss the you know seeing everybody but we get to do that we've been doing remotes now again the in studio feel was kind of cool and it was kind of cool only as far as camera angles right i mean we still manipulate the boxes where but having the different camera angles and perspectives was a little bit cooler but paul 
we've gotten so much better at production quality that we really don't know what we could have done if we were in a studio knowing what we do today with the video. Yeah, that's true. Like that. You know, we, we, you know, COVID kind of forced us to get a little more creative with our production quality. And I think, I think if we went back and did it in studio broadcast, the quality would be doubly, if not more better than how it was when we were doing it back then. Yeah. I mean, we, we can't go backwards. So no. I agree. No. So Mr. Holt, you're looking very seasonal. All you're missing is a little fire pit. Well, no, believe me, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's right behind me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it's funny, undisclosed location. I think I'm quite certain this is the first day I've sat on my own patio in 2021. I arrived, Sharon and I drove in late last night from our big bandwagon tour in the RV around the country. And uh, it's good to be in my own chair. Um, and when I landed last night into the driveway, 81 degrees, uh, the temperature in the next 24 hours will drop 50 degrees total. So Oof. thus wow. the seasonal attire and the fire pit will be engaged uh, about sunset tonight. How long was the road trip? Well, the road trip was 23 states, I think uh, about 150 uh, events and uh, somewhere around 327 shop visits, uh, nice. 20, 23 uh, retail exclusive releases, less four that I uh, have held on during the holidays just for lack of uh, um, um, being on location. And the only reason we stopped, quite honestly, was the was the was the prodding of some of our Florida-based retailers that reminded me and said, "Robert, we appreciate you and Sharon trying to come into Florida in the month of February. I mean, the month of December. We appreciate your offer to do events and visits, but we're fucking busy." You know, you guys <laughs> don't come in here during the holidays where our shops are full and we've got all these events and we got shipping going on because everybody, you know, has distribution channels and advent calendars that are running behind. Right. But but it was a realization with some of the, the larger Florida retailers ago, don't come in here and throw a speed bump in my parking lot. We'll see you in the spring. And I said, OK, right. so, you know, time for a little self-reflection. Um, it's hard to be a martyr when your retail partners tell you, listen. Don't show up yet. Just just wait until the first of the year. So I appreciate the honesty uh, from uh, really from Orlando down to uh, Miami. The truth came out and said, this ain't your time, brother. So I step aside. People don't realize, you know, what December in retail is. You know, it, it, when we hire people, like it's in our manual. Don't ask for time off the last week, right. two weeks of December till New Year's. You're in retail. And basically, you know, the second or third week of February is the same. Don't ask for time off. You know, it's part of the gig. So if you don't, you know, want to be stressed out working or, you know, unable to travel or whatever, retail ain't the job for you. I mean, it's it's just, uh, it's nuts. And it's really funny because you just scared me because this has been ongoing for my 30 years plus, right? One of my dearest friends, my oldest, longest living friend, right? Since five years old. Um, his birthday is December 29th every year. And I've been in retail since I could walk, whether it was the grocery store, whether it's, business my own business working for the people so it's always like a crazy 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 time of the year and and I, it's, I can't the rule is i can't make a reminder i can't set an alarm but like every year i get a call on the fourth and i see his name I'm like fuck because i forget to call him on the 29th 
You know, and, and I'll get paranoid. Is that, Sean? Is that Sean? That's Sean. Yeah, I'll get paranoid between now. I'm, I'm looking at December 11th, and and then I just get wound up between the Christmas holiday, and then I got that little break, and then it goes on with New Year's again, and now with bars with New Year's is like no break, and um, you know, I think I've remembered twice. It's gotten to the point where he's very upset if I remember. Because <laughs> like, what's going on, Abe? Are you okay? Yeah. No, he, 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 he likes to beat him. Me. He enjoys torturing me on my birthday when he calls me. And it, he does it like it's 7 in the morning. You forgot, cocksucker. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got to remember now, the 29th, to give him a call. But, yeah, retail in December, man. It's war. It's wartime. You know, it's it's wartime. It's busy, you know, and uh, the customers come out. Hey, this will be interesting. This will be interesting because, you know, for me, I think this is, I mean, my take on it, I know we were open last year, but this is, like, going to be the first retail season really for me you know in my opinion post-covid and every, so many more people have gotten used to ordering things online um right. it'll be interesting look for me as a retailer i'll tell you this during the holiday time we used to have to order we used to have to put in two maybe three additional guys per store especially the four or five days leading up to, to christmas because Getting cigars is a, is a holiday item is like the last thing anybody's doing. Nobody's worrying about getting the cigars early for their dad or their uncle. That's like something they're shopping two, three days before because they know they could just walk in, get it, and then wrap it up and give it to them. So we would always have to, uh, you know, man the stores heavily. And starting maybe about 10 years ago, uh, that, that declined a lot. Uh, you know, online sales would shoot up in December, but this, the store pressure got down and, and father's day was another day father's day was like christmas you needed to have two guys extra in every store and minimum and um I, I, do you even notice father's day being a russian alex um not a rush a little bit but, like you know your sales might you know yeah, your sales might be you up like 15 percent, yeah 20 percent. not not double or triple what a normal day would be like back back in the day so it's it'll be interesting to see what happens this holiday season in December. Well, I'll tell you, Abe, um, some of the feedback I've had, particularly this year after COVID and, and we adopt our, our retail and our distribution strategies is in the past, customers have voiced that they were concerned about being able to buy cigars early for Christmas, birthdays, Father's Day, Mother's Day, whatever it may be, because they were concerned that they wouldn't be in good condition because they don't own a humidor. That's and another I, good point. And, and I think um, with the not to you know, uh, uh, a uh, uh, a uh, uh, use the term loosely, but the advent of of packaging boxes and bundles and samplers and and limited releases with uh, humidity with you know hemopax or bovida packs or whatever it may be and the education that the retailers have now shared with those consumers that they're going to be safe they're going to be fine that's what this packaging is intended to allow you to do is to to uh, plan ahead and, and be confident that you're going to have a good product so i think um the change in distribution where we've delivered more over the last 18 months because of covid uh, and be the packaging options and the education to the consumer that it's going to be fine. I think that's that's played well into um, allowing people to shop a little bit more in advance. Yeah, it has. You're absolutely right. It really has. So, so are are you are you in for the holidays? Um, I, technically, I guess I am. Um, it's it, it, it it's it's killing me. Believe me, I I I just believe I'm not doing enough if I'm home. However. 
we'll work full uh, full, uh, full days. But um, we've got Ethan Jacob here. We've got Sharon and myself, which is really the core of operations for Southern Draw anyway. Um, so um, I'm not comfortable at home working as much as they are because I feel like I owe it to spend as much time on the road in the shops with customers, with our staff. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fight through this. You know, the next two and a half three weeks is gonna be a telltale uh, for Southern Draw as we evolve our business and our strategy. Um, but uh, here's the funny part: um, we don't have any Christmas lights, by the way. Uh, your guys's look good. You guys are more disciplined than I am. But uh, well, um, we also don't have to deal with cold weather when we're putting them up. Well, you're right. You're right. That's, that's, that's I was one. I was sweating putting them up. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're over there spraying the right guard, you know, and, and yeah. trying to make sure it happens. I mean, you can't have stinky pits and put up Christmas lights. You just can't do it. It um, ruins. It ruins the feeling. Absolutely. But but I think here at our home, um, we all have an office. All three of us. More than half of our uh, space in our home are offices that we have built and probably uh, allowed things to uh, uh, add up over the years. So it'll be Sharon's job to kind of manage how much work we do and hopefully we spend some family time as well. But the beauty of it is this, Southern Draw started right here, right here in this neighborhood where I'm sitting. Uh, we still live in the same place. This, this company was started a hundred yards from here and we have great partners in, in Austin. And I don't think they're going to tell us not to show up and visit and interfere in their uh, daily uh, retail uh, plans. They're going to they're going to want to see us. And, I, and maybe it won't be so much work. Right. Maybe it'll be back to how we started, which is let's just go be social and fellowship hang out. and hang out with the people that started yeah. Southern Draw with us. They were the ones that embraced us and gave us feedback, negative and positive and helped us with our direction of our brand. So it'll be good to be back. And I'll just have to take a breath and uh, accept that this is where I'm meant to be for the next couple of weeks. Robert, you know, I know you've been on the show a couple of times, but, you know, doing this, you know, being in the business 25 years and doing the show for almost 11 years, um, you know, I've learned, you know, there are new people who are getting into this lifestyle and passion every day. So I, I don't want to be presumptuous. And for some of our fans or listeners and new, new, newly uh, developed cigar aficionados, um, if you would, I know you've been on the show, but just humor us a little bit. Give us a little bit about background, about who you were and how you got into the cigar business. Yeah, you know, we have talked about it in the past, but it's it's simple for me. Um, cigar smoking is my only vice. That's where everybody laughs. Um, but I've smoked I've smoked cigars uh, for thirty years, and um, it's it's been my relaxation. It's been my getaway, it's been the way I focus for work. It's the way I celebrate. It's the way I mourn. Uh, it's the way I um, um, study the word. It, it really is the gateway to just balance for me. Now, um, coming out of the Army, I was very fortunate that I started very early with the very large wireless companies, the Verizon, uh, Sprint, Qualcomm, very large corporate environments. But the beauty of that lesson was um, a, I realized the corporate structure didn't allow us to be as creative as we want and to have the opinions and, and the priorities in our life. And I think after 15 years, my wife made it very clear to me that it's time for you to set your priorities straight. Uh, it's, again, faith, family, fellowship in that order of priority. Pay attention to the neighborhood and the community. And those 15 years, I spent the majority of that in Central and South America, the Caribbean nations, I visited 
over those 15 years, every factory, every farm, I learned as much as I could just as an engineer, really paying attention to the tobaccos and the varietals and the process and the curing and the fermentation and the blending and the aging and how it affects this beautiful art form. And, you know, for me, I, I liken cigars to this day to um, uh, other art forms, blues and jazz in particular, where it really takes an evolution where the godfathers, the kings and the queens lay the groundwork. Um, and they provide a style, and then we get to make that style our own. And, and I think that's about innovation. And you guys have been part of it, Abe, 25 years. Um, we've got some retail partners that have, have been doing this for so long. But the innovation is taking what has been learned and what has been shared uh, and paying attention to that, but to evolve it and make it your own. So uh, how we got into it was um, my wife basically said, this is where we're meant to be. If we're going to spend our relationship um, chasing the brass ring, we're not going to make it. But if we spend our relationship um, serving other people, um, then we're going to do just fine. And I'd say what that reality that it was okay not to be in the corporate world and chase, you know, the, 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 the big houses and the big cars and the big boats and the big vacations, the big gold watches, uh, and, and just do something that served other people. There is nothing in the world I would trade for the decision that she put upon me, which is, you love tobacco. You love the people in these third world developing countries. We can do something with them to highlight um, their art form and their humility and their dedication. And they can, in turn, count on us to put all of our effort, all of our energy, all of our family resources. And they know that if they do a good job for us, we're going to be there uh, and we're going to honor our commitment, uh, and particularly Nicaragua. We would love to expand it, obviously, to other countries as well, but our production is in Nicaragua, uh, most people know, with A.J. Fernandez. So we got into it, and really as a as a mandate from my wife to get our priorities straight and to serve other people the rest of our lives. And I, again, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Very nice. I mean, and to date, Robert, you guys are, are very heavily involved in, in charitable organizations within the U.S. and especially in Nicaragua, right? Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys have, have done? Because you've done some great work. You know, I, I will. Um, I, Paul, I, I don't want to appear that we're patting ourselves on the back or we're doing something that other cigar brands, manufacturers, retailers aren't doing. That's not the case. Our, our, of, course, our, of course. Our mission from day one was let all things be done with charity. And again, if that is your mission statement, we have to find a way to A, we blend and we brand products that um, that share a story about very influential people and places in our lives that have 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 framed who we are and what we do. So every blend has that story. It has those um, those influential people uh, in that. Uh, and B within that, what was important to those people? If they were influential in my life, for for instance, what was important to them? And in many cases, it was. Um, providing food, shelter, clothing to our homeless, to our aged population, to our less fortunate, to our military veterans, people of service, to our mentally challenged that have gone through things that just really need some help um, for us to do that in third world countries. So if your mission is let all things be done with charity, we try to do it in a way that we have blended and packaged and produced a product with those partners that tell their story that focus our charitable uh, works in their communities, not something that's important to us, but that's important to them. So um, Ignite series is an annual series from Southern Draw, always new cigars, previously unreleased blends and sizes. 
Uh, historically, that has been to focus on charities within our military communities, uh, and that has changed every 12 or 18 months. We have a new announcement coming soon for that. The 300 Hands Line, obviously, is a focus on community charity needs in Nicaragua today, where our cigars are produced. And that is the culmination of many years of interviews and discussions within the communities in, in Nicaragua that are the farms, the factories, the fields, the box factories, the community that supports the cigar industry as a whole, letting them determine where the funds go. And, and, and in short, it's enabling them to give back to the community where the needs are most uh, apparent. They know more. They live there. So we just want to enable or empower them by a given quantifiable access to funds and resources, whether it's the Red Cross, it's a it's a it's building a small house of worship in the farms. It's putting corrugated metal roofing after a storm. Uh, if it's after school snacks or, or school uniforms, a lot of brands do this. Ours is allowing those people to dictate because they're making the product. Um, and then, of course, in 2021, the big focus for us is getting back to the origin of uh, tobaccos, uh, rust, you know, na uh, uh, um, natural tobaccos, and really differentiating traditional tobacco use, which is premium cigars and commercial tobaccos. And the Manzanita uh, was the big hit for 2021. And really, it's a 12,000 year story of Native American indigenous peoples uh, using uh, tobaccos for the same way that I use it, and most of you use it, which is for celebration, for mourning, for spiritual reasons, for, for, for trading, bartering, whatever it may be. But that is a charity that gives back to the First Nations Development Institute, primarily to educate the next generation of kids, their traditional uses of tobacco versus those very health adverse, risky uses of commercial tobaccos, and B, getting them to, to have access to funds and resources that will allow them to go back to um, uh, growing and cultivating food sources and healthy food sources to really return to their roots uh, and use their land in order to provide for themselves. So we're, we're honored to partner with all these wonderful organizations. Very cool. Really is. Um, Robert's a guy that you could talk to for, oh, somebody's beeping. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that wasn't me. I didn't want to say anything. There we go. I think it's Robert. Uh yeah, I, I I muted him for a moment, but I you know the thing about Robert is anybody get that we get you could when he's you good to the, go. No, that, that's how you do, do the hearing test in school. Yes. <laughs> do you hear that, Robert? Well, I know what he's doing. I don't hear it because I'm I, you know I don't know, but I but I know exactly what he's doing. There's My some ears beeping. Are good. My there's some bad. beeping sound coming through the headset, but it sounds it's coming like coming through hearing, your mic. Yeah. My, my mic? No, it's coming through Robert's mic. Huh. It might be uh, his computer fan just kicked on or something. Hmm. That's why he can't hear it. We can. Yeah. But but what I was going to say while we well, – maybe it will go away, so I'll mute him for a minute. But uh, you could talk to Robert. If you haven't met him in person, he's one of the easiest people to talk to, right? The guy's, the guy's got these awesome stories. He's, he's just a knowledgeable, really, really – likable guy i can't imagine somebody meeting him that's like ah, oh, you know he's all right like he's just a he's just a really cool guy he's a righteous guy well yeah a, that's a great word he's a righteous guy you know where yeah. he missed his calling in my opinion though i'm gonna tell you where he missed his calling because i get this all the time but i don't hear it at all you know i guess you don't hear it if it's yourself but robert should be doing voiceovers 100 percent, 
hundred percent. You got that voice, man. You should be doing voiceover work, like for the Sims except ex- or something. Yeah, commercials, <laughs> whatnot. You know, you, you got a distinctive voice. And, and I appreciate that. Let me say this: I, I'm on here today because the family has has put upon my shoulders to communicate on behalf of the brand and the family and the mission and who we are, right? It's, it's not the Robert Holt show, right? I mean, I do appreciate being on here. I love to visit. Uh, I'm not a social butterfly. I, I just enjoy uh, visiting and, and discussing. And as my wife says, I love the human condition the way she does, which is learning as much as we can about people, their, their struggles and their triumphs, right? Because I think this vehicle allows us to have that open mind to do it. But I'm the voice of the family of Southern Draw, which are 17 of our family members that have invested time, money, and resources to allow it, all the great partners. But but uh, for some reason, from day one, they've allowed me to be the voice of that. But it's not my voice you're hearing. Keep in mind that the voice is the voice of the entire family, the culmination of everything that we believe and they've shared and they've instilled in me because – COVID changed me. Make no mistake. I had it. I had it bad. It almost killed me. It's, you you it, quarantined yourself in your trailer, didn't you? I remember that. You you were in bad shape. We, we had talked a couple times when, when you were quarantined, but you literally moved yourself out of the house and stayed in the trailer. That's right. We, You know, Ethan Jacob has some very serious health issues that we continue to try to diagnose and to look for treatment, and it's, it's important uh, to, to make sure he stayed away, but someone that hasn't been to a doctor since the early 90s uh, hasn't even had health insurance because I haven't needed it neither has my wife Um, I had to quarantine but I didn't know how bad it was for that 90 days until I started to recover Uh, but it gave me a a, I think a lot of time for the body to just take the brunt of everything I put it through over the years and the mind Uh, but the outcome of that is um, not just a, a a new commitment to what we do and how we do it in a clarity uh, but the negative of that, quite honestly, guys, um, has been an attitude change. My tolerance has changed. And Abe and I had a discussion about two weeks ago on the phone because what I found in the in the post-COVID or a long-COVID world, if we want to talk about challenges, is I've, I found a difference in my personality and my patience. And I take things personal that I've never taken personal in my life. And I've got to work on it. It's actually a note right here in front of me on my clipboard. If I had to admit something that I need to work on, publicly to the whole KMA audience, it's this. I need to work on that return to the personality that represented this brand for all these years because the reality is COVID changed me. And I've got to be more tolerant, more understanding, and zip my lips sometimes. I shouldn't take things personal that I do, and uh, uh, it's going to be the demise of us if I don't. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with people holding me accountable for that because it actually helps me um, with the feedback, even though it's not all positive, right? So we're going to go to a commercial break a little bit early. Maybe, Paul, during the break, you can get Robert to disconnect and reconnect and maybe get that sound and get that humming out of of the way Um, because we don't want to miss any of this uh, knowledge and and stories that Robert's going to be passing on to us. Uh, An hour or two, uh, we got more coming up with you with Robert Holt. We have the uh, coming on the last two of this year. As the record spins, sponsored by Avo Cigars, we're going to have a new segment uh, starting in January um, with Avo Cigars in a new format. And I'm kind of very excited. Eddie Guerra, who's going to be our guest next week, by the way, and I were talking about the new format. It's going to be a little bit interactive and fun. So uh, this should be very, very interesting. And, of course, we'll be uh, coming down to the home stretch of uh, Season 3 
of Tale of the Tape. So don't go anywhere, folks. We're going to be back right after this. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between AJ Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabaculera AJ Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Puro is a medium to full body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. something wrong with my sound i was trying to fix the settings i, didn't I don't know what's going on i couldn't even hear the commercial was over really i, I you know i did, did, did first off i'm in utter shock that he did like now what two commercials now brand new commercials like in two or three weeks two for two but did we not buy you a cordless mic unmute yourself is it me or is it I haven't I haven't had that since I, we were in Tampa. I gave it back to Alex. He said I think it's in the bag with the Tampa stuff. Yeah. 
Hey, listen, he's two for two. The only yeah. problem, my only concern is he'll be running that holiday commercial in April. In July. Yeah. No, because that's why we made the evergreen one with the bathroom so that we can. Uh, yeah, that can, you know. So that we can use that forever. Robert, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Oh, no, yeah. No, we good. can hear you. Is that clear? Yeah. Yeah, it's better than it was. Absolutely. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. So, Robert, uh, every week, fine folks over at Avo Cigars have a segment called As the Record Spins. Our good friend Eddie Guerra poses our guest a very uh, interesting or unique question. And we have a question for you this week on this segment called As the Record Spins. Power. Wait a minute. Flag on the play. False start. Paul, you jumped the gun a little bit. A little bit. I did. I False did. Start. I, I normally I give you the finger cue when yeah. I'm ready for you to go. Yeah. There's still a delay when we're live. So I, I try to get it in there a half a second before, but you added the powered by Avo cigars. Yeah, you <laughs> saved yourself the finger. <laughs> you saved yeah. the finger. Wait for the finger. <laughs> All right. So the question for you this week from Eddie Guerra is, what is something that you've always wanted to do but never have yet? Wow, that's a great one. Um, In fact, I'd like to hear this from everybody. I picked a I picked a more philosophical one for for Robert actually because I I knew he'd have a little bit of a harder time. Well, to, while you're thinking of that, I'm I'll just chime in so you get a few moments to think. I've been over three hundred pounds since I was a junior in high school. All right. I did not know that. Oh yeah, handy, handy playing football. Not handy after you stop playing football. <laughs> um, so uh, that's always been my goal is to get back below three hundred. I think the closest I got was my wedding date. I was down to about three eighteen. So um, skydiving. I still want to skydive, but like if you're over three hundred pounds, nobody's taking you up. <laughs> nobody's taking you up. You know, most places it's two fifty. But 300 is a threshold. Sometimes parasailing, all that kind of stuff, it's about a 300 pound zip lining. 300 pounds is kind of the thing. So I, that's something like I want to do. My, our brother Ronnie just did it at his wedding in Hawaii. He looked badass. I saw. I, and yeah. they were, that was cool too. Yeah, it's something I would totally, did. totally do. But uh, I got I got to get below 300 to, to no do No desire that. to do that. <laughs> Airborne. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I've been blessed. I, I've been able to, to really uh, uh, explore the world. and I've been in 67 countries, I think. I've done a lot of great things. I'm a, I'm a big fly fisherman, if you don't know. I'm not a good fisherman, but I'm a very fishy guy. Gives me peace. <laughs> but I've, I, it's afforded me. I, I've gone a lot of places and seen a lot of things, done a lot of things, experienced. Uh, but I think my, my answer is really more philosophical than, than it is an actual, you know, a bucket list item that I haven't got to do because I've been blessed in that sense. But I think here's my, here's the thing I want to do that I've never been able to do since I was a young child, which is um, become clear yesterday, which is funny as Sharon and I drove 12 or 13 mile uh, hours yesterday. 
she listens to Freakonomics a lot. And sometimes it's a it's it's a liberal cause. Sometimes it's a conservative cause. Sometimes it's right down the middle. And it's great. Mm -hmm. uh, but something was clear to me yesterday that um, gives me the answer for, for the question. And uh, it's this. Um, being able to accept uh, that trying a lot of things you're not good that maybe you're not prepared for this just an idea uh, that wasn't well planned and well executed and accept the fact that there's going to be a lot of failures and then then in the end if you try 10 things and you fell at nine of those and that one is extremely successful uh, everybody involved is excited it it evolves it grows it in perpetuity it really provides a return whether it's an emotional physical spiritual financial whatever that return is i think what i want to do is be able to um live in the moment a little bit more and take chances a little bit more. I've taken a lot of chances, but I want to be able to take chances with the no, with the knowledge, with the understanding that I'm going to fail at 80 to 90% of those 10 things, right? Every time. And to be able to accept that it's not within me to do it. And uh, I'm not saying I haven't failed, but I'm saying I don't really take those chances. And I want to be able to do that. And, and that Freakonomics that my wife put on yesterday that almost put me to sleep on a, on a long road trip, Sorry, Sharon. Um, it really crystallized for me that I have to be willing to do that to evolve as a person, as a brand, as a father, as a husband, as a business person. Um, I've got to be able to accept it. What I want to do is accept failure because failure is what will define us and our successes, I think. So that's what I want to do. Philosophical answer, but it was on my mind and my heart anyway. I even wrote myself a note last night when I got in about that. Interesting. How about you guys? I mean, I'll go, Alex, since you gave me the head nod, but I, I don't know. That's hard to say because I, I, in my 20s, like if I wanted to do something, I did it, right? Like I, I didn't have anything holding me back. So there were things I, – there's one thing that I'd like to do that I, I really can't do. Right, well, I guess I could now, but I really want to take my kids to Europe. Like I want my kids to see like where my family grew up, like where my great-grandparents great grew up in, in Italy in like extreme – extreme poverty they're too young now yeah you know it's not yeah, something that, that i couldn't yeah, but what i don't have like what's something you want to do paul that you haven't done nothing uh, uh well you know what i'll say this i mean you're gonna make fun of me and so we'll have in the comments but uh someday i'd like to work for disney <laughs> well you kind of already do yeah yeah i mean i i always said i always said listen i said if tomorrow i come into great wealth we quit our jobs we you know Buy buy a house on on the east end of Long Island where we'd love to be half the year and buy a, a you know have a house here. But I would love to, I don't know, drive the monorail or something three days a week. You would you you would like to work as one of those people, or would you like to work as a character? No, I would never be a character. But I, I would be the guy on like the Jungle Cruise that did the spiel that like you know here we come up on the backside of water. You know that, I would do something like that. How about you, Alex? Um, my my inner history nerd kind of comes out on this, but I'd I'd like to go to Egypt and, and search for Alexander's tomb, which they're not quite sure they found yet. Wow. Okay. That's my that, inner history nerd. That that's funny because we were just talking about the pyramids and the Sphinx with my kids uh, on Thanksgiving weekend, and um, you know, we're going to Jordan next summer. So, you know, Egypt's not that far away. So trying to think of maybe we could maneuver a three or four day or while we're there. 
I know, hear it's a great a great trip for families, actually. You know, it's, know. it's, it's, it's never it's, been. It's such a crazy thing, and I was actually just listening to stuff about the pyramids, but Alexander's tomb is about as far away in history to where we are right now as where the pyramids were to that time. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we think about the, you know, in 300 BC, the pyramids were already a couple thousand years old. It's it's, it's right. strange to think of. It's funny because we were just talking about Alexander. It's weird how this stuff comes up. I was just talking about Alexander with the on the car ride with the girls this morning because I said for Pete's sake, and my daughter asked me, well, what does that mean? And who's Pete? I said, well, that's a damn good question. I'll assume that it's St. Peter, but I don't know. So we actually Googled it. Um, and th does anybody know what the answer to this is before I go into dissertation? No. Uh, see, it's something to do about Tatuaje, I think. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> uh, but you see, you learn something new at KMA Talk Radio. We're just not all jokes and fun here. So St. Pete, they actually don't know the origin of it. Um, it they believe it was a milder substitution because people used to say for Christ's sakes or for Lord God's sakes. And, you know, obviously that's, you know, you can't use the Lord's name in blasphemy. So, um, but some people believe that it, it, it started really in the 1900s, early 1900s. But they believe that it may be in reference to St. Peter. But there's also the fact that people used to say for pity's sake, for pity's sake. And maybe that people just started using Pete for pity. So there really is no definitive word why, you know, how it came about. And there's no definitive reason on who actually Pete is for Pete's sake. Isn't that there's just there's a lot of things like that in the, the English Italian language, language. like colloquialism. Oh, so. Um, oh, yeah. Question. So. No, because we were talking about, um, so then something else came up because we were just talking about origins of things. And, um, oh, because uh, I said St. Peter and I started talking. Wow, I did, what a connection. So I said St. Peter <laughs> and my, my daughter's like, who's St. Peter? And I said, the, the disciples and who are the 12 disciples? And then I had to name them all in Judas. She goes, isn't that the guy who betrayed Jesus? I said, well, yeah. I mean, you haven't heard an expression, you know, don't be a Judas. You're a Judas. That's where it comes from. I said, do you know any other? famous people who betrayed you know you know someone you know significantly in history so she names benedict arnold I said, there's a historical figure as anybody else and then we got into julius caesar so i'd explained to her about who brutus was and whatever and then she started talking about history and we talked about alexander the great you know and we were literally discussing it this morning and then you bring it up funny how everything goes around yeah you, and you ever do that? Like we'll talk about Alexander the Great, then all all three or four times this week something will come up. That ever happened yeah, to you? Too? Goes. Absolutely. Yeah, three or four times all this week time. something will come up about Alexander the Great. So, all right, well, all let's get time. back to our guest, uh, Robert Holt. Yes. You know, Paul actually does a little work every week for KMA. You know, he makes us these outline sheets, and Paul 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 actually likes to research. So for him, it's not really work, but he finds some points to talk about. And I, I noticed one on this sheet that either. I was an oblivion because um, I didn't even know about this. So this is going to be an interesting question for me. But earlier this year, Southern Draw announced it was looking for outside investors to help finance its growth and expand its sales team. And I didn't even know that, heard that this would happen. Um, how did that go for you, Robert? I mean, what was did, did, did you find outside investors? And if you have, what have you expanded on since then? Um, well... Yeah, that's funny you bring that up. 
it, and here's I don't here's, even know how Paul heard about it. I, I didn't even hear about. Well, it. it was a press release actually. Yeah, um, I didn't. Even the hear media about did it. a good job. It was it was embedded, you know, kind of a writer bill, like kind of like the Tobacco Act, right? We kind of hid it in there, but um, because I come from public company markets, and this is a family owned business, seventeen different family members involved. Everybody appears comfortable with where they're at and what they've done. I think we've grown beyond our own expectations and our own resources. Um, a couple of things have happened, not like any probably other growth brands in this industry. Um, you get uh, interests that are communicated into acquisition, mergers, whatever it may be. Um, but for us, it was about expanding the brand, the retail distribution channels and strategies. So in saying that, um, we talked to the family and the family's like, hey, we're comfortable where we're at, what we've done, we're excited. We don't want out, we don't want to sell, we don't want to do these things. We, we want to continue. Now here's the reality. The reality of it is, it, when it comes to operations, Sharon is priority number one, uh, Ethan, priority number two, Robert, priority number three, in, a, in an order of, uh, of uh, contributions, believe it or not. I mean, that's the truth. Yes, I get to blend and brand and do those things, but it's the customer service and it's, it's the things that Sharon does so well that has allowed us to grow. Make no mistake about it. So in doing that, um, because we had a couple of private discussions about investments and growth, we felt compelled that it would only be fair um, to to make that a, make that public statement that we are for the first time ever considering uh, outside investments, outside the family, if you will. Now, the second part of this answer goes back to Sharon's long road trips with Freakonomics where we really think about, and I did come from venture capital business at Qualcomm. We were series A investors at PayPal and my, uh, RF micro devices, AMD. I, I sat on the other side of the table with big corporate umbrellas of lots of money where people came to us and asked for money. Now, the reality of that is back to what I said earlier about uh, the AVO question of the week, which is um, having the ability to accept a lot of failures in order to get a great return one time is something you've really got to be able to measure the risk reward scenario. So for us, um, we did have a lot of interest, both from uh, the majors in this industry, but also uh, ironically, other brands and growth brands that are very similar in size and stature to Southern Draw have said, we don't wanna own Southern Draw, but we'd like to be part of it. If you need help, uh, some money has been offered, investments in the realm that we want have been offered. Um, but what we're doing is we're completing our year and we again have been blessed with incredible growth this year um, and uh, that goes back to the partners and the retailers and distributors and the media for sharing all of our wonderful stories um, but we're going to assess at the end of the year Abe and 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 team um, the, the multiple options that we have which is um, allowing Southern Draw to kind of pull resources with people that have more knowledge wisdom and experience and relationships in this industry to, to bring it into a larger scale um, or to continue to grow organically. And that is where we're at. If we grow organically for the first time ever, we don't need to go outside the family just for investment, but we need to go outside the family for personnel resources. It's time. We've done this with brokerages. Um, we've done this with just the, the family volunteers, if you will. It's time to bring in some talent. Um, you know, you, you started before the show. I was in the green room and you had the new Exclusivo from Aganorsa and you said, I'm going to not smoke this new Maduro Perfecto. I'm going to smoke for the guest on the show. And I appreciate it, Abe. But the reality of it is the people like 
Terrence have changed this industry and changed Aganorsa. We all know this. There's no sense in 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 myths and words. We realize the power and the energy and the commitment of others outside of ourselves. And we would like to see what that would look like if we brought some of that talent into Southern Draw Cigars. It shouldn't be the Robert and Sharon show. Our mission will not change. Our vision will not change. But we will be better served. You will be better served. And our consumers will be better served by adding some real talent, people that have failed, people that have succeeded, people that have great ideas, differing ideas and strategies. And let's really take a look at those and go back to the question of the week is let's take some risks and take it off our own shoulders and make sure that we're fortifying what we started with um, with some new talent, some new people. So the money's one side we're considering, but we're also considering the use of proceeds. Who do we bring in? How will they affect the business? Are we willing to step aside from our, our um not not dictatorship because there's two of us, but uh, are we willing to, to turn some of that over to other people in line with our mission and vision? And that's really where we're at. We're in that assessment period. And I assume in, by Q1, we're going to uh, make some decisions strategically to change the direction of this company. You know, it's funny you said bringing some people who have failed. And, you know, I get that mentality, right? They're like, why would you bring in somebody who failed? Because, you know, look, everybody fails at one point or another. Right. So if you find a guy who's failed, but is intelligent enough to have learned from his failure. My philosophy is good. You got that scrub out of the way before you started working here. Now you could learn from that and come and succeed Amen. over here. So it's not bad to hire people who fail. Um, you just got to make sure that's the right s- scenario. Um, you know, getting outside investors is a tricky thing. You know, one of the, you know, I, I've had a partner um, who's passed away, God rest his soul, and his family has their shares. Um, and one of the wisest things, you know, he ever taught me was an operating agreement because, you know, my one concern was, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding. My sweat's going in here. I, you know, at the end of the day, when stuff fails, it rests on my shoulder just as much as things succeed. And I don't want to be told how to do. And, and, you know, I was young back then. I really didn't understand operating agreements and what they did with the significance of them. But, you know, he basically educated me that, Hey, you run the whole show. I, I don't want to tell you what to do. It's not my business, you know? And, and that's how you draw them up, you know, and when you have outside investors sometimes, you know, because look, they're, they're putting their money in, in your company. There's sometimes stipulations or whatever. Do you have any concerns about not having the same freedoms if, if this is a move your company makes? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I, yeah. you, you hit some key points there. And I think it, it starts, I've had some bad experiences, right? I mean, when we left the corporate world, we, we had some very lucrative deals that we'd worked on in Central and South America on the engineering technology side. It was all taken at the snap of a finger. Most people that have visited with us over the last eight or nine years knows some or all of that story. It put us in the poorhouse from a very comfortable position, but that humility has made us who we are. Now, that being said, what did I learn from that, Abe? What I learned from that is establish expectation, diminish disappointment, which is the conditions precedent to raising money outside staffing have to be defined, have to be written and executed. And as much as we can from an agreement standpoint, make sure it's documented. And here's a key point that I've learned uh, over the last nine years. Not only do we want to document and and contract um, what we agreed to outside of a handshake, but we want to do it in um, in a, a bilingual format because a lot of our partners are from Spanish-speaking countries. And the 
inability to directly translate what I mean, um, what uh, vernacular is in this industry is one thing, but from a legal standpoint, from an agreement standpoint, from an understanding standpoint, you've got to be able to have that bilingual where all the parties understand because there's not a direct translation in the legal community. Right. right? So that's that's, that's something you don't think about, but I I can see that the legalese yeah. may not translate. You but know, I'm but I'm scared to death. That's the short answer. I'm scared yeah, to death to do it. Look, it's you know, I, I you know anybody who knows me, I'll tell you, most of my career I've been in debt. You know, growth is powered by money, and we've borrowed money many, many times along the years to build stores, to do things. And, you know, it, you know, money, borrowed money is never a bad thing as long as it's put to good use. Borrowed money that gets squandered, you're in trouble, right? So um, it, you know. it is a, but if that borrowed money has some risk adverse nature to it, and the understanding is that you're going to go out and prospect with it or some portion of that, I'm, sure. I'm a big believer of use of proceeds and use it only for what you said. But again, that's open to interpretation. What I mean, think about the laws in the venture capital world where before we we borrow from pension funds and we borrow from retirement funds and we have to use these things in a very specific format mandated by the government in the public sector. Now, years later, the venture capital funds actually went to um, the Department of Commerce and Justice and had the laws changed so that they could take some percentage. And I think the percentage is like 10% into more risk adverse ventures. So again, established expectation is this is the money. These are the use of proceeds, but this small portion is going to be for prospecting. Some of those and majority of those will fail, but the ones that hit are going to hit big and they're going to hit with great multiples and returns. And those successes are what will define our future. The futures are what we're going to use as building blocks to learn. So I'm scared to death. But here's what I know. My wife is um, sincere in what she does. It's very well thought out. And I think as I step aside, A, and listen to her more, that's, and I'm not saying that because she's not watching the show. The other part of the, the final part of this answer is this. What I've come to realize in the last 24 months is that my son and his generation as 21 years old, um, obviously Jacob's Ladder has a great influence and story for Southern Draw and the growth of it's been incredible. He is the heir apparent. And what he said to me is, Dad, pay attention to your demographic. Your demographic where you started with Southern Draw has changed drastically and will continue to change. You, as the, 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 the patriarch of this business, need to start paying attention to my generation and to the other changes of demographics in an industry and making sure you're appealing and understanding and in providing or allowing the feedback from those other demographics outside the traditional percentage of premium cigar smokers in the United States and abroad. The future is being changed by our generation and you better pay attention. So part of this is stepping aside and letting a young man step in with a new vision and a new strategy that falls in line with what we've committed to do. And, and that's been tough, you know, to allow our, 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 our kids to educate us in a way and to have confidence knowing that his decisions are pretty sound. They're very well thought out and, and they're very valid points that we need to pay attention to. Hmm. That's, That's a very insightful young man. How old is Jacob? Just turned 21. Oh, I'm getting an echo. Is it just me? No, I hear it too. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull this headset and I'm oh, going to plug it. No, it's it's not from you. It's that's not from me, Robert. Robert. Oh, okay. I'm, am I coming through all right now? Yeah, like you're fine now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. So you said Jacob was 21? Correct. No, extremely insightful. insightful. And, and and listen, another thing, if young Jacob is listening, I've learned over my time, little, little contract 101 here. Um, 
when you when you do a partnership or an arrangement in business, um, it's always fine and dandy, but it's like a marriage, right? It literally is a marriage. And it's always better to pre-plan your separation in advance than wait till you realize you can't work together, right? And that, that's what a good operating agreement does in a business, right? So, because a lot of times, you know, you get to the point where, all right, this ain't going to work out. We got to split up. Then you spend a year fighting how you're equi equitably going to split up because you can't agree. So have a prenup. Yeah, it's a lot well, easier to come to that right. agreement and how that's going to be handled if and when that day should ever come. Then there's no, it's a clean break. Hey, this, this is what we agreed upon. This is what's going to happen, and, and we're done. And then, it's easily said. It's easily said, but try talking to your fiance about a prenup before you <laughs> well, marry her. I'm shocked she didn't ask you for a prenup. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. She was working at the breakers. <laughs> a dispute resolution should be a larger portion of the contract than the actual operating agreement itself, right? Because you're right. Otherwise, you got attorneys, I got attorneys. Yeah, you waste tons of resources and, and times figuring out how you're not going to work together anymore. Yes, and it could be the smallest thing, right? But but you're absolutely right. Uh, the dispute resolution part, if we take away anything today, is have that figured out well in advance to avoid... Uh, um, the consequences to whatever the mission was to begin with, because it's the mission that's going to pay the, the penalty, the price, right? Absolutely. Robert, were you, were you at the PCA show this year? We were not. You were, we were not. not. I was just coming out of COVID. Yeah. Do you have plans on attending next year? You know, no, not um, sure yet. Yeah, we're not sure in a sense of, for, to go to the show, we really need to make sure that we're prepared uh, for the orders that come outside of our growth and our and our production that goes into our, our forecasting and planning with AJ Fernandez at all. Oh, there's your beautiful ad right there on the screen. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and, 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 that, and, and I appreciate you putting that up because that right there is the definition of what we are. I mean, this is about the humble, hardworking hands of these people. This is not about me. Um, and that that I, I just love it because that is the simplicity of what Southern Draw really is right there. So put, thanks for putting that up. Um, uh, but you, you, that's your advertising spot. It goes up every show, buddy. It just does. It be does. on this week. Well, I, I figured I, it was a good spot to put it in right now as you were talking about this. But that's yeah. always your spot. Yeah, like I, I need to upgrade the, the lineup because we actually have grown, you know, um, you know, as far as the, the, the core blends and releases, we need to, we need to add that. That's the Eat hardest it. thing about the advertisers, Robert. We can't get anybody to update their ads. We got a call. We got a beg. You got so many new lines. You need to change your graphics. That's the worst thing about doing the show. It really, really is. Yeah. It's, it, it, and, and again, we don't have people, right? But our, 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 when we started here in Austin, our, our graphics guy, Jonathan, had just moved to Phoenix, which he does a great job. He does all of our ads, all of our website, all of our content. And then we have an outside professional photographer that does most of our shoots. They've done their job. The person that hasn't done the job is me because I haven't updated <laughs> it from the Dropbox and make sure that it's into the new print or uh, media graphics, right? So right. Uh, that falls on me. No, 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 no sense in pointing a finger in another direction. Well, well, it's it's hard. It's hard. But you have a good you have a good brand like a, a good brand image, I think, is is key, especially in this industry that and good cigars. So, yeah, I think we got to start with good products for sure. And uh, again, I've said this many times, um, you know, I'm not in it to be important or a master of anything. 
that's not that's never been it, never will be. And that goes back to taking things personal. But I can tell you this: we uh, source the best product, you know, raw materials we can. We put them through an established process. We have great partners. Uh, AJ Fernandez at all has executed our our every wish. And I know there's many times that they've put aside their own major projects and opportunities to, to support Southern Draw and give us a little bit of grace there. But, uh, you know, again, um, the our job is to put out the best possible products for the fairest possible price and uh, to support it, you know, never turn down an opportunity to visit with people that buy and sell your cigars. And I think that's important as well. It's becoming more difficult. And I apologize here publicly for any retailer, consumer, staff member that doesn't feel like they've gotten enough love over the last few years if we, as we've grown. It's not for the lack of effort. It's 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 going to take more planning in the future to get to more places and spend more time. Maybe I need to spend less time, but make more stops. Right. My problem is I get to you know, I get to uh, West Palm or I get to Boynton Beach. Um, I, I get down, you know, along the coast area and I and I camp out. Right. I'm there. I enjoy not just one cigar, but maybe it's four cigars, you know, and then the next thing you know, you got smooth bounce in. We're listening to music, having a cocktail. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to, to feel comfortable and not not get up and go anywhere else. So I've got to work on that. You know, a guy's a regular when he knows the name of your DJ. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like mood lighting, right? It's like it's like Christmas lights. You know, I mean, the bottom line is the man puts it on. It, whatever the choice of music, it always seems to hit the mood and the moment and the time, whether we're trying to ramp it up or we're trying to wind it down and relax, whatever it is that the, the man's got his finger on the pulse because music um, dictates that attitude and that personality for that moment in time. So God bless you. Yeah, he'll be doing a lot of stuff during the Great Smoke in February. He'll be working overtime. Oh, yeah. That's good for a young man. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny because he 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 just doesn't come and DJ our events or does music. He's literally become hardcore part of the cigar culture. And I, I Alex, you've known him a lot longer than me. I don't know if he always was into the cigar culture so hardcore or just working here has made it so. But, you know, he's a smoking socialite. He's in our private Facebook group. He's posting. He's into new brands, trying new stuff. He's really gotten into the, the, the culture in the past and been very passionate about it. Yeah, no, you could see. I mean, you know, he smoked cigars um, when I met him, but you could see his evolution. Of, he's really uh, gotten into the lifestyle, and uh, he's really become part of our family. He's not just a guy that comes in DJs, you know. Yeah. United, whatever he's become part of our family, part of the socialite family. Shout out to Kyle, smooth bounce man. He's really a great guy. Yeah, and honestly, it's to the point where like, like I don't know. Do I want to ask him to work the Great Smoke, or does do do I want to just let him go to enjoy the Great? Smoke? You know, you know what I'm saying? But right. he's like, no, man, I got to want to work here. He wants to be there. He wants to provide he the entertainment. Part of it, and he knows. Yeah, he's part of the experience. Yeah, but th that's how much he's got. And th I think that's another cool thing about employing people uh, in this business. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've employed somebody like, for example, our bartender, Anna, I, I love her. She's like a baby sister to me, but I don't think Anna maybe ever smoked a cigar. I mean, filled with regular tobacco. Prior I was going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say you know, prior to working for, and she, she's, I, I, she, she smokes a cigar almost every time I'm walking out there, she's lighting up something up, enjoying it has really gotten into the passion and, 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 the, and the culture. And, and I love seeing that. That's awesome. And she has like, believe it or not. Anna has a really great palate. She like she's always smoking 
uh, one, she likes a full-bodied cigar, but she she's always smoking something interesting every time I go in there. I'm going to tell you something. In my time, in my experience, um, I've come to learn, or I don't know if it's just coincidence or there's some factual stuff there, but the women who really get into cigars, like smoke them on a regular basis and, and really enjoy them, is not just doing it as part of a you know social setting and you know as a hobby. They got good palates. Mm-hmm. They really do. And, um, I, I'll tell you, man. My wife went to every trade show with me until she got pregnant, and I will tell you, almost every single show because we get we get handed cigars from everybody. Try this. Try this. Um, when the Singulare came out from Illusion, she said, this cigar is amazing. You know, we don't know what's going to be a big hit. You know, we're at the show. Everybody's shoving cigars in our face. We're smoking them. My, my, my tongue is like a piece of you know, burnt leather after about, you know, six hours of walking the show floor. And Oliva, Oliva V, or the original Oliva, I can't remember. Like, on the show floor, while she's smoking the sample, she's like, this this cigar is amazing. I think I found my new favorite cigar. And then it would be a big hit. So she had done that continuously. So I don't know if it's, um, and, you know, you got to remember, you know, most of the factories since the beginning of time, you know, the rollers are are, are typically women, and, and a lot of them are involved in the process. I, I don't know if it's, because I know genetically they see color better than us. You know, if, if you go to any factory, the sorters are always women. They see shades of color better, better than the, the males thing. So I don't know. But, yeah, women have – the women that I know who are heavily into the, the, the lifestyle, they, they they got good palates. Yeah, I'll well, always – I mean, she rarely she rarely gives me a recommendation because she thinks that, you know, on the show we get so much exposure. But I've, I've taken a couple of suggestions from Anna on cigars that I haven't smoked before and – have never been disappointed maybe three or four times now so if you're ever at smoke in in uh Boynton beach at, she will, she's got yeah seriously yes. she's got great oh, taste. oh oh you just made a new kma segment ask anna she won't come on no she won't she'll do a pre-recorded she'll do a pre-record we'll do we'll do we'll, we'll do it on sure? social media yeah, i've we'll, asked her to come on a million nah, times. she'll no, do a pre-record listen though. me you don't know why she won't. Well, I, I don't know. She's she's kind of had a new lifestyle in the last year or so. But Anna couldn't wake up before one o'clock if life depended on it. That's true. But but now in the last year, I think the COVID may have changed. But like she gets up early. I see her walking the beach with her dogs at seven in the morning. But yep, yep. Anna would totally do a pre-recorded segment. We have pre-recorded. We are going to start and ask Anna. Segment. I would love it. Well done, Alex. Alex okay. comes up with some of the best ideas without even knowing it. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, I did. Speaking of the goat, I got to jump in real quick because today is the annual Army-Navy game. We got Alex the goat on here. Most people don't know U.S. Naval Academy mascot is Bill the goat. As of right now, it's Bill number 37. But obviously, this industry has far more uh, Navy personnel than the Army, I'm quite convinced, whether it's soccer or skip or it's Chris at Scallywag Cigars, or it's uh, somebody on the Marine side that's under the Department of the Navy, i.e. Ryan McGee crowned heads. But I just happen to have my my Army cutter here, which was made by a Navy chief, quite ironically. But go Army, beat Navy. Just Robert, where it. is that game? Where's that game being played now? Um, that game this year shall oh, be. Oh, I see the resemblance. West Point, New York. 
Okay. Because that was a Philadelphia staple for years, the Army-Navy yeah, game. Yeah, I believe it's in West Point <laughs> this year. Um, but, again, you love the rivalries. Army, you know, I think they throw for like four yards a game but run for 350 <laughs> or whatever. But but it's a rivalry game. And, you know, yeah. um, there'll be a decade where Navy just crushes Army, and I think the last five or six years Army's kind of dominated with that run game. But, listen, for us – well, when we were serving, you know, none of us got to go to the academies. We were just poor, you know, poor sh- schmucks. But at the end of the day, we always got into the rivalry games anyway. But uh, uh, today's the day. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, according to the news, the Army cadets went to kidnap uh, Bill the mascot. No, um, nice. And, and in typical Army fashion, as they went out to the pasture with the goats, Bill number 37 was the target. The goats scattered. Like Alex ran for the fences, they kidnapped the retired goat, Bill number thirty-four. So they can't even get that right. So I don't know wow. how the game's going to go. Kidnapped the wrong guy. The, well, the retired guy. again of the goat. So you know, Alex doesn't sleep well. He, you know, he, he has rough mornings. This is pretty much what he looks like when he comes in in the morning with his cup of coffee. <laughs> I, I see it now. You know, I yes. see. It. Yeah. They got the same haircut. I see got the same color there. uniform on. Look, you know. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, it's that time this week to see what's going on in the cigar verse. Let's uh, check in with our man, William Cooper, to see what is the scoop with Coop. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. It's Koopa. What's up, Good morning. Koopa? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, How you sir. doing? Good, good, good. Uh, good to he- see you. Um, uh, it's been a while. It's, it's uh, but a very good. Uh, I missed you when you were in Charlotte, and I apologize. I was actually out. Of, I think I was out that weekend when you came through. Yeah, I think you went out west. You you were uh, exploring, kind of like Lewis and Clark. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a sidekick. Could it be Coop and like Lewis and Clark? Because you're always out exploring the uh, ends of the earth. Right, right. <laughs> we got we got really high glare there, Coop. What's the hat you're wearing? Uh, it's an ignite hat. Oh, there you I go. Guess, yep, it's a uh, Robert's hat, one of Robert's brands. Uh, and uh, some really uh, great cigars in that line. I love, I still love that Corojo that's in that line a lot. Speaking of hats, true story. Last night, my kids, my two daughters, and I were working in the in the warehouse doing the advent calendars. Paul. Uh, Paul's been there for about 30, 40 minutes, and my oldest daughter, somebody says, hey, Paul, and my oldest daughter goes, Paul's here? And she goes, oh, my God, what happened? I did not recognize you without a hat. (laughs) What did she say? It was the greatest line. Where'd your hairline go? Yeah, your hairline has moved away and died. (laughs) But but it's funny because I've known your kids now. It's probably been close to five years. I don't yeah. Maybe my hair, I guess maybe I had a little bit more hair. I don't, you know I don't what it think, is? My hair is very ever, long. I don't so think I've ever seen you without a hat. Thank That's God. probably better. I, I really it's probably don't. better. <laughs> I have to I have to buzz it. It's just it's you know, there's a lot of stuff. I had to do Christmas lights. My we've been doing home haircuts, I which I never thought I would be I would ever say this. But I you know, on Long Island I was getting hundred dollar haircuts and I had this much hair. But I, <laughs> I, I, we've been doing home haircuts now since the beginning of COVID, and it's, I don't know. She does the same thing that that my 
barber does. So I'm like, ah, why not? Hundred dollar haircuts. What were they charging you by the hair? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Everything's so much more expensive there. I yeah, have I, to say, I, I hate to sound like really bad, but like. It's to the point now where my oldest daughters are making comments like your hairline moved away and died. Like I hear myself in them. I'm like, oh my God, that's like something I would totally say. Your your daughter named me. She said, if you were a wrestler, you would be called the receder. (laughs) (laughs) Which one said that? The middle one? Zane? Yeah. Yeah, Zane said. Brutal. Brutal. Which, by the way, I didn't even recognize. It's probably been a good... Since I saw Zayn last, when was the last time I was at your house? Like Hor- at least six months ago. Hormones. I'm like, who is this woman standing in here? Kick she was in, a little man. kid last time I, I saw her. I know, man. Once that hormones hit in, puberty, man, they just they they overnight change, man. It's so brutal. They go from little baby girls to who are you? Like right. instantly, it's so. Why bad. are these women in my house? Brutal. It's crazy. Brutal. All right, Coop. What's going on this week? What kind of news you got? All right. Uh, this first story is kind of an interesting one. Uh, comes out of J.C. Newman, and I'll just a little antidote. I'll tell with this. Bear and I were down at the J.C. Newman factory in 2019, and he had never been there before. They were going through the renovations, and he sees this abandoned building across the street. Um, and you know, being the historian he is, he's, he's, he he knew it was a hotel, and he's like, "Wouldn't it be really cool if they restored this hotel and had it go along with the museum?" Right. And little did we know that that was actually the plan that J.C. Newman had. We, we didn't notice at the time. But uh, they announced, um, and this has kind of already been out there, but it was formally announced this past week, that they're going to be restoring the Sanchez Yihaya Hotel, uh, which is right across the street from the El Rahol factory. Um, it's going to include a restaurant cigar lounge. They're talking hotel. I don't think this is going to be a huge hotel they're talking about. But I think there's going to be uh, cases where you could uh, – basically overnight there so to speak um so they're starting the renovations right now i guess the big story is they have to get these bats out of there and relocate them to a safe haven before they can start the construction so they're saying late 2023 i think more realistically it will be 2024 when we see this but i think it's a great thing another great thing that they're doing for the city of tampa i know you know we were all just down there so i think it's exciting news we saw the building Right. The Newmans actually told us about this. That's, I know. That's how we knew that. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah. Day, yeah. And you saw it, Coop. That that it that is a pro. Like that's not it. That's not a little project restoring that building. It's, it's not a little building. Amazing. It's not a little building. Yeah, it's not a little building yeah. either. As I'll say. No, and it is in disrepair. I mean, yeah. I'm sure the bones are still good. Like it's it's all brick. Yeah. Like a, a lot of the buildings over there, but man, it's it's going to be so cool when it does open. I I think it's I think it's like I said it's a it's a it's going to be great what they're doing down there. Um, and, you know, now that they've done with the factory and the museum, which we saw, this is like the next logical step to do this. Interesting. What else you got going on? Um, we may have mentioned this last week, but I'm not sure if we did, but um, Mombacho cigars uh, that, you know, our friend Claudio Suori was there for a while. He's no longer there. Um, this over the past week, they announced that they are doing a, branding change for the u.s market and they're rebranding themselves in the u.s as favili cigars uh now favili's name yeah they're rebranding as favili cigars yep now i'll tell the story with that favili is the name of that factory casa favili um now in the press releases they came out with they haven't said a lot about this but um it, it's being changed only in the U.S., and it's believed that this is a result of an ongoing dispute they've had with uh, Tobacco Tropical, a.k.a. Aganorsa Leaf, 
over the name Mombacho over the years. That's been a, a contentious battle. Um, but they have now removed the Mombacho name from all the packaging, uh, from all their marketing in the U.S. Um, and they are now going forward with the, the Favilli name. So uh, in this past week, they just announced that they rebranded their Diplomatico rum line, uh, Diplomatico rum cigars, which used to be Diplomatico by Mombacho. So big changes happening down there. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Interesting. Yep. Yep. So stay tuned more on that. Well, uh, going, last, last story uh, was because it was a light week this week in news. Um, Drew Estate has uh, formally started shipping the 20 acre farm release to retailers. That was announced a few weeks ago on their Freestyle Live. They they did a mystery release to uh, consumers um, with the with the blend and the ideas. Consumers had to figure out what the blend was, um, and it turned out to be a new Florida sun-grown tobacco uh, blend uh, called the 20-Acre Farm, named after Jeff Borchewitz's farm, which is 20 acres. Uh, and this release is going to have an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, which uh, is, um, you know, Drew doesn't have a lot of Connecticut shade wrapper cigars, and now they're going to have one going forward with the, um, with, the F- with the FSG tobacco. And we talked about this, I think, when it got announced. But uh, I know we kind of talked to the TMA. The original FSG release is going back to Jeff now as a as a uh, exclusive to Corona Cigars, so it's no longer going to be a national release. Very nice packaging. We saw the, some of the boxes. It, it, it really, yeah. it really, it really was nice packaging. Um, there'd be I, a pricey. There'd be a pricey. I was going to say, yeah, it's an expensive cigar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're looking in that fourteen dollar, twelve to fourteen dollar range for that. Um, and you know that's that's a product I'm sure of. Uh, you know, some of the tobacco obviously is not cheap for Jeff to get that tobacco out. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, they're positioning this as more of a premium line for sure. Anything else you got going on? That is, that is, this, it was a very light week news week this week. Very late week. And, and you got your. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I was trying to put the 20 acre farm up and I accidentally put the goat. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a, a graphic for the twenty eight? I or? thought I I thought I did. I used to have it. I'm I'm putting it up. I gotta get it again. You can yeah, just say no, Paul. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with the goat, though. I mean, that's that's one thing that's clear. Coop, you got um, you got your top of the year cigars coming up, right? Oh, there it is. Yep, yep. You'll see they'll be starting to be. They're being unveiled. Um, we're gonna be doing uh, cigars, uh, from thirty up to number one. Um. A lot of great cigars, so you'll see. Uh, so you'll be teasing, you'll be teasing them every day for the next one. <laughs> Absolutely not, because there's no clickbait on mine. You'll see the cigar, and you can, if you want to read more about the great details, you can. But you could just look at it and, and see it. Uh, but we want to give every cigar a a, a spot in this uh, spotlight, so to speak. A spot, the spotlight, and that okay. starts when exactly? It started yesterday. Started yesterday. So what? What was your thirty? Uh, it was a cigar. It was a smaller uh, release. It was by Viaje, and it was their uh, Viaje Black and White Connecticut, which uh, I believe is coming out of the Agonorsa factory. Uh, it's a very good cigar. Uh, but you'll see some more higher-profile releases start to come out. Does, does Andre do anything? Andre's- I mean, I, 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 I don't see him or sense his presence at all. I mean, every time – it's one of those – listen, I, we, we carried it in our stores for a while. We tried – his model's hard. The, the, it's a hard big, model, though. yes. The bigger we got, it became very hard to deal with some of these guys who just don't have the capacity to warehouse product and deliver yeah. it and you know, try to try to buy 
they try to buy to to the orders you know i mean it's it's a, it's a hard model um but like every time someone mentions his name i go oh god they're still around you know is, is he active at all yeah he's he does about a, every month he does a small batch release um and they're very you know that small batch releases and there's some retailers who do very well with them and there's other retailers i and i you're not the only one it doesn't work for them uh, the small batch model, but his model is entirely a small batch model, and some of the small batch cigars go very quickly. Uh, like uh, some of them don't go as quickly, um, so, you know, and, and it just depends. Like hit or miss, I see with him with that. So he's gone to a monthly small because it used to be only like two or three a year. Now it's like a monthly small it, batch a, release. I want to say about monthly, maybe ten to twelve for sure is a very accurate line. Yeah. Wow, that's a yeah. lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Uh, it's a lot for people. Yeah. So when 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 is number twenty nine announced? Is that today? It will be announced today. What time do you drop it? It will drop as soon as the uh, the proofreading is done on it. <laughs> so it should drop this afternoon for sure. Uh, so no we'll pressure to the editor. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, no, no <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Cooper now is handling that full time. So uh, and she had to go get her COVID shot, this uh, booster shot this morning. So. <laughs> wow, so. booster shots are in effect. Yeah, yeah. So, well, she she just she just she actually was resistant to get it, believe it or not, but decided to do it. So, and I I understand that as well. Well, they're starting. Other parts of the country are starting to add mask mandates again. You know, up, it's up uh, in New York starting Monday, I believe it is. There's a listen, mask mandate again. I isolated myself for a while. I'm coming to the Great Smoke, so i will be there um, um that's not changing I, I i i went too stir crazy in this house for a while and that says something because coop's got like a ten thousand square foot mansion there <laughs> no i saw your man i saw your mansion in the commercial that's a mansion we call and, it and, we, paul we call it the plantation oh uh, the plantation the plantation listen Coop, you could say you my house is big but i'll tell you what i don't have a parlor <laughs> Hey, hey, my! Uh, I gotta say this: we have the Christmas tree up in the parlor, and and I that Advent calendar is right under the Christmas tree, and I got no pushback from my wife putting that under the Christmas tree. She that, that because that box is gorgeous. It's I was beautiful. I was eyeing it last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's just and it, the lights when the lights shine on it. Yeah, um, we got we got a lot it, of compliments. Really, it, Brian, it, it, Brian you, Glenn made a nice video. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of compliments. And yeah. it's much more impressive when you see it and hold it. And you remember when I was in the office, Abe, and I said, you know, when I when you showed it to me for the first time in person, my reaction, because it was when you see that thing in person, it, it's like 10 times even more impressive than it that, is. It's impressive looking at it in a picture. The heft of it is because you don't realize like this is a real box. It's not like yeah. a card, yeah. you know, thin cardboard mock up. It's, no, it's, it's a, a product. It's a product in itself without the cigars yeah. in it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And Abe, you know, this is not just sucking up, but compliments to you guys to getting these out uh, the way you guys have been doing that. Uh, if I was down there, I'd come into the warehouse and help you guys too. Um, but you guys really, I mean, are making every effort to, for people to get this. And I think people are going to be rolled over when they see this thing. It's going to be great. My partner's daughter and nine of her friends showed up at nine o'clock this morning on top of other people we have. Yeah. My two daughters are there, and I'm, I'm heading right there right after the show. You guys are putting the cigars, and for people who don't know, you guys have to oh, put yeah. the cigars into the box. So it's not just like taking the box and putting it into a carton. You guys have, there's a lot of work that's going no. into it. First off, you got to take the master case that has four of these advent calendars in them, and each one of those boxes is in a box. Uh -huh. So you got to open up each one of these boxes, but then it is in a plastic bag. Right. 
Then you got to take the plastic bag out. Then these are all back door loaded. So then we have to open up the back door. We got a nice little system. We pull out all the drawers. And because the, there's a humidifier pack on the back wall. Um, Brian Glenn thought that each individual drawer was humidified. So he's like looking in there. He goes, oh, maybe it's not humidified. <laughs> then he actually looked. He goes, oh, I could see it. So the whole back of it where it's sealed is a humidipack. Yeah. So the drawers awesome. are the drawers have these holes in them so the humidity can flow through. And you got to pull them out really quick. I actually have one of my kids do it because even my pinkies are too fat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you pull all the drawers out, and then we have one person who stacks the, the, each row at a time on top of the box while the person on the other side loads them in, pushes the drawers in. We peel off the 3M tape, seal it. slap it, seal it, and then it goes to the guys who are then, which Paul was helping last night, bubble wrap this box because we don't want it to get any dings yeah. and damages. And then they got to put it in another box with then the air pillows and whatnot, which is also lined with air pillows. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then pack it up and tape it. It's 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 a big 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 process. I know? can't wait to have one sitting on my desk here because I feel like and people will do that. Like it's it's like a holiday decoration in itself. You know, yeah. you know look, we've always been committed to just. I I've my philosophy's always been make the experiences. The money will always work itself out, right? Right. And you know, they they don't realize they don't realize between the the thirty six dollar box, right? So the 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 the, the retail on the cigars, I, I think you get about thirty dollars off whatever the regular retail is. But um the, it's a thirty eight dollar box. Forget the hours of labor, right? I mean, I got teams of people working. Right, we're paying them well, hours of labor, um, and then, then we're charging our normal shipping, which is like seven, eight, nine bucks. These boxes are costing twenty-one to twenty-five dollars to ship. I'm sure it's more than double. States. This, this see, was a bit, yeah. This it's was, not a money-making venture. Oh, I don't see how it is. <laughs> you know, this is not a money-making venture, but it's cool as hell, isn't it? Uh, it, it showed up at my door yesterday, and it was. I didn't think it was the the advent calendar because it was so big. This box, right? And, um, and and like I said, this is a one of a kind box. It's gonna tell you. It's uh, when, you, when you see this thing, it's 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 amazing. The crazy part about it is, I was I was talking to Alex this morning because of packing. Like I said, I already got these awesome ideas on what to do next year. I almost can't wait to get to next year to show this off and what we're gonna do next year. Next right. year it will be an interactive calendar. It's gonna be badass. Ooh. Yes, badass. We have a badass box next year. I don't know if Robert took a piss break or he thought he was done with the show, <laughs> yeah. but uh, he had to run away. Yeah, we hope he's all right. Yep. Uh, now it's time for that section of the show, time of the show, Tale of the Tape, season three, best mafia movies of all time. So we are in the top three. I'm uh, probably going to take a little bit of heat this week, but coming in at number three on my list is The Godfather. Um, I'm going to preface this. The Godfather is on list as one of the greatest movies, period, of all time. And it is. 
Um, as far as a mafia movie, obviously probably the most iconic character, mafia character, Michael Corleone, but it's like the mafia movie that didn't want to be a mafia mafia movie. They didn't use the term. You never really knew what these guys did to make their money. Um, it's kind of like the mafia meets Shakespeare, uh, a, a well done movie, obviously one of the, probably the most iconic mafia movie there is, but falls to number three on my list. Number three is no Shab, uh, Alex, no. so but we'll go on. So my number three, um, and this is a, a mob movie I had not seen until about five years ago, and it was Goodfellas. And why I didn't see it for five years is because of my dislike for Joe Pesci. <laughs> but I finally was convinced to watch this movie, uh, and it is an amazing movie. It's the story of Henry Hill uh, and his rise in, in, a, uh, in a mafia group there, uh, played by Ray Liotta. Um, and uh, a fantastic role. It's based on a true story, and um, I tell you what, they did. It is just amazing job. From the, even the cinematography is fantastic. Just how they move through time. It's one of my favorite periods of time where this goes through. Uh, my loss for not seeing that movie sooner. Yeah, we, we have to dive into your, your. I don't know if you saw my reaction off screen, Alex, when you said I only I saw it five years ago. Yeah, I'm like, Really? Coop has yeah. a, a real discontent for Joe Pesci. And by the way, yeah. just to clarify, when I say The Godfather, one and two is one movie for me. All right, I'll it, accept that. Interest, interesting, it's Alex. One okay. So just I, I can, well, what I about can, Godfather 3 then? <laughs> not, but well, not no. Godfather 3. That, that, no, one and two is one movie. Three is I think else. I think three is respectable. I, at first, I didn't realize why you said I'm going to take some heat, but you're saying you're taking some heat because it's three instead of one or yeah. two. Yeah, yeah it, it's respectable for that for a movie, total iconic movie. The only way you're going to get heat is I have to see who your number two and one is before I get right. heat for now number I'm three. Really, I, I could guess one of them, but I'm not, the other one's going to be curious now. But yeah, sure. and, 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 you know, let's pay tribute to uh, Goodfellas because that's where the iconic saying, don't be a Karen, I believe, came from. Yes, good point, Abe. Don't be a Karen. Don't be a Karen. <laughs> Karen! I don't know that I agree with Alex's assessment of the Godfather. Like, so you're saying because they don't say that it's a mob movie that doesn't want to be a mob movie. Right? It's not about the business of the mob. That's what it's you're not. Saying. Yeah. Do do? How did they make their money? There's no. It, it's, it's about it's about the life. But the, you know, kind the of family. It shows it shows Alex's apparent inexperience with people of that world because you'll. You can sit next to somebody every single day of your life that is in that business. You'll never know how they make their money. You don't. Yeah. You don't. They don't call it the mob. They don't call it La Cosa Nostra. They don't. You don't five talk families. about no. it. But the you whole five families. Is you in don't that. know those people, Paul. Um, What's that? But it's it, because it was, it, listen. They don't even curse in The Godfather. But that was a, because of the. That was because they, you know they were trying to release that wider. Sure. I, I agree. But again, it was the mafia movie that kind of didn't want to be a mafia movie. There's no, I mean, how do these guys make their money? What do they, it's a, it's a movie, Paul. We're not fucking having conversations with real mafia guys. I, I, you know, <laughs> in Donnie never, Brasco, they were knocking off uh, parking meters. You I know, never really noticed, but what was the rating of The Godfather? What was it rated? It was R, I believe, but they, oh, but so, I think Coppola yeah. talks about how they got an NC-17 originally. I don't think they had I, NC-17 back yeah, then. Yeah, I don't though. think they had them back then. Well, they, they, then they got whatever was too much for them to have. So he, he talks about how they had to take a lot of things out of the movie. There, there was an X rating back it. then, but X wasn't for porn. It was for adult. It was originally how the X rating right. came about. And then because of porn, they ended up coming up with an NC-17 to make it okay. sound 
That, that, that was the whole thing with that, yeah. You know, one thing just on Goodfellas, there's a lot of inspiration for The Sopranos in that movie, which sure. I didn't like, found out. There's a lot the of whole, the same the people, Michael yeah. Imperioli, the whole Michael Imperioli getting shot in the foot, and then he does it in oh. The Sopranos. I, yeah. I can't believe you... I, you talked. We've talked about this on the air before, but disdain that, I mean, for Joe Pesci. It, it's, it's not so like Bear, it's not like Bear's disdain for Chevy Chase. Who I don't hate the guy. He's just I don't know. I'm not a fan of his. Is what I'm saying. I'm not a. Fan. He, he, and he was good in this movie. I'm going to say that too. I, you know, I, I I despise Rob Reiner and his politics. Would never make me not go see a movie. He's made some great movies. Yeah. Do, do you know uh, Abe Jose Blanco actually told me that. Rob Reiner, he thinks is personally responsible for all the anti-tobacco in California. And he was, no, he he began the anti-tobacco yeah, movement. Yeah, w- yeah without a doubt, that's yeah. where most of my disdain comes from. Because yeah. when I was getting in the yeah. industry, he was the look. Any and typically, especially back in the day when I first got it, all this anti-tobacco legislation all started in California. It all started in yeah. California and worked its way west, right yep. east. So um, Rob Reiner was a, a, literally the head of this movement, and. Um, you know, it's like, you know, all right. I mean, but he took it personal and he, he was uh, very prolific about anti-tobacco legislation. And But like, you know, it wouldn't make me not go see a movie. I don't know why you wouldn't see a, a movie one of, one of almost everybody in the world claimed as a classic because Joe Pesci had a role in it. What, where, where does this disdain come from? Oh, Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> wow, at least Leo you know. Getz? You got a problem with Leo Getz? He it's just a guy. The guy was like fingers on his chalkboard for me. I mean, that was that role. was what that character was supposed to be. I know, I know, <laughs> but it's not like I said. This is not like the Bear Chevy Chase hatred, where I will say he's bad in every movie. Because I'll say this: Joe Pesci was fantastic in Goodfellas, and, and he deserves credit on that. Do you know? Do you know what the inspiration of that tr- that um, Trinity uh, uh, in, in Lethal Weapon Three was? No, the Three Stooges. Interesting. Yeah, Mel Gibson was a huge three stooges. Interesting. Fan, yeah, and that I was the trilogy. Yeah. Interesting. Joe Pesci was like the curly character. Yeah. Interesting facts on KMA. Well, I, I don't. I Coop's the first person I've ever heard that has this disdain for Joe Pesci. I, I if you poll a thousand people on the street, nine hundred and ninety nine of them will be like, I love him. Right. Listen, when he told me he had disdain for him, I'm thinking maybe he ran into him somewhere and he told him to fuck off or like something. <laughs> Not that he didn't like his character from Lethal Weapon 3, for Pete's sake. Uh, it's just, Especially yeah. when the character's purpose was to be annoying as hell. Yeah, <laughs> right. he, he succeeded. So, in it. so Pesci played his role to a T so well that you refused to see his right, movies. Right, that Coop can't get image of him. His genius. <laughs> my, my, my loss for not watching Goodfellas, what an, what an iconic movie. Um, like I said, when you're, when you're this high on the list, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic And that's movie. a movie, that's a movie like Godfather and Casino that anytime it's on, I can watch it. I don't have to be in the mood to watch any either of those movies. Yeah. It could just If Goodfellas is on, it's, it stays on. One goat. What, what was it? One, one goat looks east. One goat. What is it? Sheep. One sheep looks east. One sheep looks west. Yep. <laughs> the painting. My, I have a buddy that has that painting in his office behind his desk. They were dogs, Paul. Yeah. Well, oh, one dog. I'm sorry. I haven't seen it in a long time. Robert, you're, Robert, if you're, you're saying muted. something. You're on mute. I think. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself, Robert. I unmuted him. Oh, oh, oh there you go. I got you. Gotta try again. Oh. Southern draw observation here, uh, since I was <laughs> muted. We we have a question here in Texas as to Coop's um, Coop's uh, 
ability to put together a significant list of the best mafia movies ever. If he only saw The Godfather, I mean, I only saw Goodfellas five years ago. I agree. He's I watched it. I watched it a lot. But I've watched it a lot. It's a fair thing, but I've watched it countless. When I've gone back and watched this movie countless times, it it, it definitely earns it. I don't know but, if you saw the. But if you had gone back for the last twenty five years and watched it as many times as the rest of us, probably number one or number two, no matter. It would change your whole list, is what I'm saying. Robert, I, I don't know if you've caught earlier shows of this list or, or, or looked at the full list. Um, did you? Did we we put up the full list for this week yet? Yes. Yeah, I'll you put it up it? again. You should yeah. do it again. Yeah. I automatically refuted Coop when he picked Scarface as one of the top mafia movies of all times. Vincent Pastor didn't think that. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I feel like I want Vincent him over. Pastor, I want him Vincent over. Pastor made a sing, too. So. And he was high. And he was high, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Robert, thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time. Uh, all our friends and fans out there, we hope you enter- we entertained you, made you laugh, maybe taught you a thing or two. Uh, the best way to spend your Saturday mornings. Um, next week, Eddie Guerra, and next week is our last show of this year. So oh, maybe right. we'll, maybe we'll maybe we'll have some recaps of uh, twenty twenty one next week. But we'll have Eddie Guerra, and fittingly, he'll have to answer his own one of his own questions next week. And the, in the, uh, <laughs> the final one, the final right? one, the final one of the year. Actually, we should just make that tradition. If he keeps going, the segment going, he should just be the <laughs> final one of the year. That, uh, he has to do his own show, his own segment. Yep. But uh, everybody else, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you next week. Keep it lit.